So, so we form part of a global movement of churches, but then, as I said earlier, we are part of a local body of churches here in Twane, and we have six congregations. So we have this one here in Highfeld, and everyone in Highfeld said, whoop, whoop. It's not the best of all of them, but it's definitely in the top six. Okay. Um, I don't want to be biased because this is recorded or something. All right. But we are the best. Okay. Uh, then we have one in Laris Park that was started during lockdown. Then we have one in the Willows in Equestria. We have one in Hatfield, uh, um, Linwood. And then we have Mamalodi and Rittendale on the other side of the mountain. So those are our six churches in the city of Twane. And there is something about us being one church, even though we meet in different locations. So Psalm 133, you can follow on the board, it reads... Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. For there the Lord has commanded what? The what? There at the back? It's on the board, right? No, it's not. That's why you guys don't know the answers. Right, for there, but it's not a difficult answer. I'll give you a hint. Okay, for there the Lord commanded a blessing. So there the Lord commanded a? Okay, well done. There the Lord commanded a blessing. Um, and if there's a blessing on unity, then there will most definitely be an attack on unity. All right? So in your marriage, where husband and wife are in unity, there is a blessing. So what does the enemy try to attack? Unity within the marriage. If as a church, a body of Christ, if in our unity God commands a blessing, and this is important, so it's not reliant necessarily on you. God is not looking towards you as an individual to say, are you perfect? Mm. There's still some areas in your life that need sorting out, so I'll withhold some of the blessing there. No, because we are in unity of one mind, God commands a blessing. What stands against the commandment of God? Friends, when God utters something through His voice, mountains are shaped, oceans part. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. So obviously there will be an attack on our blessing. Um, and then it's important for us to know what are the things that unite us. Now, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to speak about three things, and they are on the board. The first one is that we serve one God. That's what we're going to be touching on tonight. Then we have one mission, and that mission is to make disciples. And then one mi we are one church. And we are called to build His kingdom. And during the third Sunday, we are going to have a testimonial video of what God has been doing in us as a Chuane church throughout lockdown. Now, for many people, lockdown was quite severe and there's a lot of stuff that happened. But the great thing about being part of the body of Christ is that the people of God don't have to navigate uncertain seasons on their own. We get to be part of a greater body. And during the third Sunday, we're going to be touching on, on that. So tonight, I want to take us again into our mission statement. It says, we exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and 
socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. So there's a crucial part there in our mission statement, and it starts with, we exist to? To honor God. That we exist to honor Him. Now, if we look at the definition of honor, and it'll be on the board as well, it's just from the, the dictionary. It says, it's the state of being honored, or we bestow honor or reward upon something or someone. The quality of being honorable and having a good name. To show respect towards or accept as payment. So we speak about the honor of God, and we're saying, God, you are worthy of all honor. You are worthy of all of our worship. You are worthy of all of our devotion. Now, I want us, I want us to stand for this next reading. All right, so can we as a church stand together? And if you have your Bible close by, you can open it at Revelation 4, or your app. Revelation 4. I'm going to be reading for us the whole chapter of Revelation 4, but it's not that many verses. Uh, and I'm reading out of the New King James Version, because that's the Bible I have right here. So, Revelation chapter 4. John writes, and he says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet, speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne, in appearance like an emerald. Around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne there was a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures, full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and who is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for You created all things, and by Your will they exist and were created. Lord, tonight as we stand in the presence of your word. Lord, we do not receive your word as just mere letters on paper. The word became flesh. The word dealt am dwelt among us. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. We stand tonight, Lord, in honor of your word. We stand tonight, Lord, in honor of your presence. And in our limited ability, in our limited knowledge, in our limited wisdom, we choose to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. 
We choose to unite our voice tonight, Lord, to say that you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and praise and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and have their being. Nothing exists apart from you. The very breath in our lungs, Lord, we choose to praise you with it right now. We stand in the honor of your presence, Lord. We stand in the honor of the witness of your saints around us, Lord. We stand tonight, Lord, honoring the witness of the Holy Spirit. We honor you, Holy Spirit, in our midst tonight. We honor you as God. We honor you as the Spirit of truth. We thank you tonight, Lord, that you who are holy chooses to dwell among us tonight, that you choose to visit with us tonight, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you'll continue just throughout tonight to make yourself known to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can take your seat. When we think about the honor of God, it speaks about putting God in His rightful place. When you think about the God who created the universe, we think about the God who spoke everything into existence, through whom all things exist, the God to, um, who is to no one accountable, only Himself. We think about the God who is perfect without sin, to whom belongs all authority, all power. He is the sovereign ruler over the universe. And our only rightful response to God is to place Him in the highest seat over our lives. He deserves all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. The Bible teaches us that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. No one is exempt from that. So either we bow our knee in this life, willfully surrendering and submitting ourselves to the King of Kings, or you will forcefully submit yourself on the judgment day. But every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess because there is no name above the name of Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He is worthy of the highest praises. He is worthy of our full devotion. He is worthy of our full attention. He is worthy of our full obedience. He is worthy of your livelihood. That if Jesus was to pitch here tonight in person and ask you to surrender your life physically for His name's sake, He's worth it. He's worthy of your livelihood. He's worthy of your very last breath. He's worthy. And the only rightful place that He is willing to take up in your life is the seat of highest glory and honor. And friends, you and I were created by God to worship God, to honor Him, to live a life surrendered to the praises of His glory. And that is the rightful position for your existence. And whenever your life is not shifted under that space where you are living for the existence of God and the praise and the glory of His name alone, your life will be out of balance because you weren't created to worship anything else. 
You weren't created to worship God less. You weren't created to worship God and. You weren't created to worship God but. You were created to worship God. And whenever we take anything away from the worship of God, your life will be out of order because the rightful order for your existence is to worship the King of Kings. For your very breath to proclaim the praises of His glory. That is what God calls us to. Now the beauty of that is that when we make that our highest priority as a people, as a church, there are four things that we get to experience because of our unity that is rooted in the honor of God. And the first one is that we are united in our diversity. We are united in our diversity. There's something beautiful that when God created man and woman in His image, it's the coming together of man and woman that reflects something about the glory of God that man on his own cannot, that woman on his own cannot. When man and woman comes together as God orchestrated it, there is a beauty of God that is revealed that cannot be revealed otherwise. When different cultures, languages, tribes, ethnicities come together, there is a beauty of God that is expressed, that is revealed, that cannot otherly be revealed or expressed. When only one people group, when an Afrikaner people group chooses that we are white only and we only will worship together, oh my friend, you are withholding yourself from the beauty of Christ. Because in our diversity, there is a revelation of God that has been exposed or revealed to all of us. God has created you as an individual. He loves you as an individual and He has created you with a uniqueness. But He hasn't called us to be individual. The gospel is not a gospel of individualism where it's like, no, I have my personal relationship with God and it's just me and God and that's okay. There is something about God that you are withholding from yourself. Why is racism such a big stronghold in our nation? Because the enemy wants to keep from you the revelation of God. The enemy wants to keep from you the beauty of our King. Because when you behold Him, you will fall to your knees and you will say, Holy, holy, holy. Your life will be an offering of praise unto the King when you see Him rightfully, when you see Him for who He is. So the enemy wants to blind you to see the glory of our King. It's in our diversity that we are experiencing a beauty of God. It's in our coming together as different peoples that we get to know God differently. Our unity is also expressed in our worship. We worship what we behold. And you are beholding something. But when we as a people fix our eyes on Christ and we behold Him, then He becomes the object of our worship. But He also becomes the overflow of our worship. In the Old Testament, you would bring honor to God through your sacrifices. So there would be certain things, um, whether it's lambs or doves or goats or sh whatever it was, that you would bring as an offering, a first fruits offering, a sin offering, a guilt offering. Um, and that would be to bestow honor unto God and to rectify certain things between God and the people of God. And, and I'll touch on this a bit later, but in the New Testament, under the new covenant that we have in Christ Jesus, God calls us to a different act of worship. 
And Paul writes in Romans 12, 1 to 2, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, discern what is the will of God, the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Is this one cutting out? Hey, Skylin. All right, we need about seven. Seven people. <laughs> so what God calls us into is a laying down of ourselves. Do you want to know how to worship God? You surrender your physical body. <laughs> we give ourselves to Christ. By the mercies of God, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Okay, what does a living sacrifice tend to do? Who many of you have ever been on an altar where you were to be sacrificed? Remember that time? Okay. <laughs> I was, I don't know what it would feel like, but I would try to get off. <laughs> I would really try to get off of that altar. Isn't that what we often also do in our relationship with God? That sometimes we are on the altar and we have to sacrifice a desire. You have to sacrifice a need. You have to sacrifice a sin that you are holding on to. But we are glibberig. <laughs> um, what is glibberig in English? Slippery. We want to get off of the altar. But we present ourselves as living sacrifices. Do you want to know what the beauty is when we collectively make the worship of God our aim? that we have one another to keep us on the altar. <laughs> and that's love. To keep us there where we say, God, I'm presenting myself as a living sacrifice. Why? Because you are worthy. Because you deserve all the honor and all the praise. Friends, there will be a life song produced from your life when you give yourself as an offering to Jesus. When you present yourself to Jesus, your life will present a song that no music can try and duplicate. That there's a noise coming from the people of God living as one to worship our God as living sacrifices that will be attractive. There will be a noise that people say, what is that sound? I need to be part of that song. I need to sing with those people because it is beautiful. So there's a unity in our worship there's a uni unity in our love for one another. Paul writes in Colossians 3 verse 14 and he says, And above all these put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So there's a unity in our love. First, our love unto God that we make God the highest aim of our hearts to say, God, we want to love you above everything else. But then there's an absolute unity in our love for one another. The way that we love one another, the way that we care for one another, the way that we speak truth into one another's lives is evidence of our love for God and then for one another. There's a beautiful portion of Scripture. It's not on the board. I'll read it for you in Acts 4. And it paints a picture of a church that loves. Acts 4, verse 31 to 33. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Now the full number of those who believed were one of heart and soul, a unity. And no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, 
The apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. When the people of God um, walk in such a deep love for God and for one another, friends, we will let go of things we don't need so that there's no lack in the midst of this. Imagine that picture. Imagine that picture where a people are so captured by the love of God that it expresses itself into a love for one another that you are willing to sell things in your life so that there's no lack among the people. Jesus says, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And then the last one, we are united in our mission. After his resurrection, Jesus appeared to his disciples in Matthew 28, and he says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, and know that I am with you till the end of the age. So what is our mission? To go and make disciples. And it's when we place the honor of God as the highest treasure in our hearts that it forms a unity in our expression as a church. There's something beautiful when the thing that we all align our hearts to is the same thing. Because then our life songs will start to have a similar tune and then there's a harmony among the people of God. I'm going to ask um, Ruel, is Ruel here still? There he is. So we're going to speak about our mission next week, so I'm not going to elaborate on that too much tonight. It's when we live in the honor of God that we get to function under His blessing. Some of you would like to have the blessing of God over your life. Some of you, all right, receive it. Those of you who didn't raise your hand, I'm sorry. <laughs> we'll do something similar next year. <laughs> Some of you would like to be blessed by God. The opposite is to be cursed. Anyone want to be blessed? <laughs> it's when your life is rightfully positioned, when it's rightfully ordered to honor God above everything else, God commands a blessing because you are in unity with Him. You are in unity with His people. The first thing that God calls you to is to be in unity with Him. To live a life surrendered under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. To yield under His Lordship. And then as you are in unity with Christ as the head, He will call you into unity with His body. And as you submit, as you continually submit to God, you will experience the blessing that belongs to those who are in unity with God. It's not something you have to earn. It's not something you have to work for. It's like when you have an umbrella like Tessa has and you walk in the rain, as long as you are under the umbrella, you don't get wet. There's a blessing that belongs to those who dwell in unity. Not because of you, but because of God. He commands it. It's in the honor of God that we find our security and our safety. When you honor God with your life, your life is rightfully positioned and God's identity over your life is spoken and it comes into existence. 
God's security over you as your loving Father comes into existence. And it's in the honor of God that you and I get to walk in our purpose. That you don't get to the end of your life and you've lived a wasted life. And that's what we're going to be touching on next week. I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to read for us from Amos 1. Amos Sorry, not Amos. Malachi. The very last book in the Old Testament. And I want you just to hear. And I want you to reflect on where you are at. First, just with you and God. God says to the people of Israel, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am your father, where is my honor? If I am a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offer defiled food on my altar. But say, in what way have we defiled you by saying the table of the Lord is contemptible or to be despised? And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. So God rebukes the people of Israel saying, if I am the God of the universe why do you bring an offering to me that is not perfect why do you bring the lame the sick the blind animal would you give that to your governor would you give that to your boss at work am I not worthy of your best you rob me of my honor says the Lord After the book of Malachi, there was a 400-year silence where there was no prophetic utterance from God unto the people of God. And then we enter the realm of the new covenant with Jesus Christ, where God no longer speaks through a prophet, but God Himself becomes man. And the beauty of this is God rebukes the people of Israel, saying, you have given me a lesser sacrifice, and you expect me to be honored by this. You rob me of my honor, says the Lord. And then we expect to live in the blessing of God when we rob Him of His honor. And we fall short. But then God sends the perfect sacrificial lamb in Jesus Christ to die in our place, to become the perfect offering so that the honor of God is restored. So that the honor of God is made manifest. And I want you to respond tonight if if your life is in a place where you know you've been robbing God of His honor. By offering Him something that is not perfect. By withholding praise to whom it is all due. And you would know 
If there's parts of your life that you are keeping from God, if there's parts of your life where you are not obeying Him and you are bringing Him a lame or a sick or a blind offering when He's worthy of a perfect sacrifice, I want you just to raise your hand. Just keep it up. And then I want you to stand, not in response to me, but in response to the one who is worthy of your life. This is just you responding to God, say, God, you are worthy of all the honor, all the praise. Would you just pray this prayer with me? Lord God, I repent tonight of robbing you of your honor. I am sorry. Would you forgive me? I declare tonight with my mouth that to you belongs all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, all the strength. You are my God. I place you on the throne of my heart. And I choose tonight to offer myself as a living sacrifice. Be glorified through my life. Be honored through my life, Jesus. Jesus.